little different on this side. You know, we're not over there, but Jesus is still Jesus, right? Um, last night, just in my bathroom, spending time with him, it's amazing. So it doesn't matter where we are, where we're located, what stage we're on. We're just here to love on him and worship him. So everybody, just let's move forward and let's let's get our minds focused on him this morning. Focused on the King. We honor you, Jesus. We give you honor this morning, Jesus, because you alone are worthy of the glory. You alone are worthy of the glory, God. You alone are worthy of the glory, Jesus. You alone are worthy of the glory, Jesus. You alone are worthy of the glory, Jesus. You alone, King of glory, have your glory. Have your glory. Have your glory. We surrender this morning. We honor you. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. just seeking the miracles and seeking his hand but on his heart this morning is miracles it's on Jesus heart this morning miracles and signs he wants to do that this morning he wants to do that this morning so Lord we just surrender and we thank you Lord for an atmosphere of your heart and an atmosphere of miracles in this place this morning we thank you Lord that a healing sometimes is progressive, Lord, but your heart, you told me, Lord, you want to do miracles in this place this morning, Lord, and miracles are instant. The minute we touch the presence, the the moment that we touch the presence, the moment that we touch the presence, miracles, miracles, miracles are going to happen in this atmosphere this morning, and we're not here to worship miracles or anything. We're here to worship your heart, Jesus. 
We're here to honor your heart, Jesus. And I know what's on your heart this morning is to do miracles in this place, Lord. And we surrender, Lord. We thank you, Lord. So, Lord, as heaven touches earth and our flesh touch your presence, we are changed and miracles are going to happen this morning. We believe it in Jesus' name. We believe it. We believe it in Jesus' name.
to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. Peace I leave with you. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. My very own peace, it's yours. And I do not give as this world gives. So let not 
your hearts to trouble and let them not be afraid. Be 
it's okay. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We just focus on you. Thank you, Father, for giving us your heart this morning, for speaking to you, for speaking to us, God.
Oh
that burn with passion, eyes that can only see you, single eyes, single devotion.
that beautiful heart, that beautiful sound, that amazing voice is on the inside, indwelling spirit and the life of God, indwelling spirit that makes our faces shine with the love of God. got to have your presence, Jesus. We just honor you this morning. We honor you this morning. Just honor you,
identify with that. I know I can. Okay, I'll get this right. <laughs> I just feel like this song is really, really right on. Um, I just sense the Lord, uh, yeah, he just kind of showed me, y'all have really, really had it hard this week. The world's just been kind of just out there after you. Uh, who can identify with that? I know I, I can. And this, this song is really good. I just want you all to just, uh, just to know the Lord desires to give you some rest, just to just, to, just kind of take all that away. So just really, really, let's sing that some more. I want to pray for you first, though. And Father God, I just come before you and thank you so much, Lord, that in your presence, Lord, we can find that rest that we so desperately need, Lord, from the world, Lord, that this is just a special uh, secret place in you, Father God, and so I just pray for these people, Lord. Father, they're just weary and they're tired, Lord. The world's been after them. Father, just give them that grace and that rest that they need right now, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Let's sing that some more. too. I felt my heart was just really reaching out during the service that, that the Lord was wanting to do some things today and there was some people that he was going to visit and, and I just felt like, you know, that we've talked so much about what's going to happen here and this morning I just, I felt like the Lord is just going to start to drop down, just to start to drop down. It's not going to be about anybody or anything, but he's just going to start to drop down all through the service on people. And they're going to begin to have experiences in God. They're going to begin to have visitation. And I, I just felt like he's just going to come with a sovereign move. And, and I, I felt like there was people here today that had been like in a, a religious cage. And that today was your day. That God, that God was opening the door and you were going to walk into a brand new place. And I could just sense you getting wings and you're going to begin to fly and to soar with him and go in places that you've never dreamed possible. 
And I felt like there were many people that were hurting, but God was coming to restore just like all the, the songs that's been sung this morning. There's just like this healing balm coming. And there's like these fences that have been built like around the sheep, like little sheep pens here and little sheep pens there. And God's getting ready to rip out all the fences. Whoa, whoa. And we're going to be one body, one people, and follow him. In the, in, the, in the thing that's coming, the, the wave that's coming, and there is a wave that's coming, so let's get ready to ride it. And I felt like for little Thomas back here, I felt like the Lord had a word for you, Thomas, that you've been in a hidden place, but the Lord is getting ready to pour his spirit out on you in such a way that you're going to be so bold it's going to scare you. <laughs> going to do things you never dreamed you were going to do, and it's going to be awesome, that God has awesome things prepared for you, that there's just going to be opportunities open, doors open, and amazing things coming in your life. Your presence, all the voices I love. 
Good morning. Y'all quit all that fellowship and we got to have church. That was a joke. All right. Anyway. Hey, how many of you guys like being over here in the factory? This, this place is kind of special to my heart. Um, I built it for young people. How many young people do we have out here? Okay, that's what I thought, so it, it still works. Um, so cool. Hey, I have the uh, pleasure of introducing a 10-minute speaker, and if any of you guys have ever had a problem with me, you can blame this guy because he's my dad. So, my dad is here this morning, and I believe that he has a word from the Lord for this church. Uh, he was sitting in Columbia, South Carolina last week, and the Lord says, next weekend you are in the mountains, no questions asked. And he had a word that came up in that as well. So, without any further ado, here's my dad, Ron Taylor. Y'all give him a Appreciation. <laughs> Only have uh, 22 pages of notes, so I'll try to be very brief. I don't have a laptop like Christopher. I'm not. I, I'm old school. All right. I just hear from the Lord and say what He gives me. How many of you sense an unbelievable presence of God in this house this morning? Oh, well, you, did, you didn't feel it like I felt it, or you would have reacted a little bit different. There's a power of God is present in this house today, and it's not by accident. God is in the house. I can't really contain myself because I'm very emotional because there's many times when I preach, there's many times when I teach, and then there's special times when the Lord says, you just say what I say. I just want to speak to you today because I believe that God is on the verge. You are on a collision course with destiny in this place. I don't know if you're getting it like I'm getting it. I'm just, I just come up and visit. You guys live here. I said you're on a collision course with destiny in this place. God is about to do something unprecedented in your midst. And I think you're ready for it. Can't, can't you feel that uneasiness? Can't you feel that stirring? Don't you know that there's something about to take place? Anticipation is a wonderful thing. I believe God is fixing to create an atmosphere of transformation in this church. And you know what happens when you have an atmosphere of transformation? It goes beyond the doors and the walls and, and, and the building. It goes out into the community. Do you know that you're fixing to be set up upon a hill, a candle that is going to be taken out of this place and set on another place, and people are going to begin to see the glory of God in this work? Revelation 2, verse 2 and 5, it says, I see what you've done, your hard work, your refusal to quit. I know you can't stomach evil that you weed out those apostolic pretenders. I know that your persistence, your courage in my cause, and that you never wear out. And this is not for this church. But you've walked away from your first love. Why? What's going on with you anyway? Do you have any idea how far you've fallen? A Lucifer fall. Turn back. Recover your dear early love. No time to waste, for I'm well on my way to removing your light from the golden circle. There are houses of God that are closing 1,500 a week all across America. 
There are pastors that are giving up. There's congregations that are going to sell cars and do something else because they're burned out waiting for that real touch of God. But I'm here to tell you today that this is not one of those churches. That this is a place where God is fixing to rise up. You, we, I heard this morning about the wave that's coming. Let me tell you, it's already here. All you've got to do is get in the flow and begin to move with it, and you're going to see God do powerful things. What this community needs is an encounter with God. I'm not talking about preaching. I'm not talking about singing. I'm not talking about programs. I'm talking about a real anointed encounter with God that will take the drug addicts and put the drugs down and bring them into the presence of God and that all, all of the prostitutes will become prayer warriors and all of the drug dealers will become deacons and God will turn a riot into a revival. My Lord, I, I don't, I, I'm excited. I really am. Listen, there's worth and there's value in people outside of this church. There are people outside of this church today that they've, they've given up. There's people outside of this church today that are contemplating suicide. There's people today that are living their last breath, and they think that there's no, there's no hope. There's nothing worth going forward to. But I tell you that each and every one of them Jesus died for on a cross. Each and every one of them Jesus cares about today just as much as he cares about you. I was going to bring a $20 bill today, and I was going to crumple it up, and I was going to stomp my foot in it, and I was going to cook it around because I feel sometimes maybe that's what's been going on here, Pastor, and the work that you've been doing in the church. Maybe sometimes you feel like you've been under pressure or you've been stepped on or kicked around, and maybe it's lost its shape, and it looked like it's become even smaller, and it's beginning to show wear and tear. But I'm telling you today, for you, for you and this congregation that God is about to move this candle to shine brighter in this community than ever before. That the least, the last, the lost, and the left out are the people that you're going to be able to reach. And those chairs over there will not be able to contain the harvest that God will bring into this house. Now, that sounds like prosperity preaching, but I'm not saying this is what the Lord said. The Bible says in Galatians 6 and 1, 1 through 10, to live creatively. It jumped all over me this week because, you know, I know there's one gospel and there's only one way and there's only one message. But I've come to understand there's so many different methods of reaching people for Jesus. If we could have done it the way we've been doing it, this place would be packed today. We would be sitting around the throne with the angels and Jesus and living life like we've never known before. But I tell you, God's coming up with new methods. Let me tell you something. It says, make careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best that you can with your own life. Now, here's where I want to go, and I'll be finished. And, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried. It made me want to move from Columbia to move up here. This is what the Lord said. Isaiah 54. He said, clear lots of ground for your tents. Now listen to me. This is scripture. It's in the Bible. It's been here for years, but I'm telling you, Pastor, this is for you, and this is for your people. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large, spread out, and think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive those tents pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Do not be afraid. 
You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. Now, I don't know about you, but that's hallelujah, amen, and thank you, Jesus. Experience the move of God that's about to come. If you're not ready for it, I, I, take a few minutes and get there because I don't believe this is going to wait on anybody. Be blessed. I love you, and thank you for allowing me to share what God has said. Well, we uh, transition, you know, that's just the way it goes. A few mic bugs and things. Can you guys hear me back there? Can you hear me? Good. I'm actually, um, I have mixed feelings. You know, I'm, I was just sitting over here thinking, okay, I know God over the last months has shown up every Sunday. It didn't matter who spoke. And I've just been sensing, waiting, Lord, give me that evidence, that sign that you're here. And um, so, you know, we have a sign. I don't know what that is, but I'm still looking for the sign. But I know he's here. And, um, but, you know, transition, the whole world is in transition right now. We're, um, like it or not, and that's what I'm going to talk about in just a few moments. But, boy, I appreciate that word. Thank you for coming and sharing that. And we are going on top of a hill. It's going to take maybe six weeks to two months, something like that. But they will begin doing some work in the middle and uh, we'll watch it, and they've said we could stay as, you know, so there'll be some sewing machines. Anybody need a little sewing, you can move over there and take care of a little sewing issues, but, but no, we won't do that. Well, good to see Jerry back. Look at old Jerry back here. Yeah! He's overcome a little bit, and, well, both of them have, and we, and we just blessed Jerry and Lynn. And, amen. Hey, how many of you heard about, you know, what happened Monday? John 3.16. Did everybody hear about that? Some of you didn't. And in case you didn't, I was thinking about it. Is this God? But let me tell you what happened first. On Monday, John 3.16 was the most Googled phrase in America. You guys knew that? And the reason is because of Tim Tebow. And uh, you know, they didn't have a great result last night. But last week, he led them in a, uh, again, a come from behind victory and when he was at the University of Florida, he would wear John 3.16 under his eyes. And uh, the media, they just were amazed at what happened because Tebow last week threw for 316 yards passing, 31.6 yards per average. It was a record for the playoffs. Uh, there was, I also understood that the last hour of that game, the, the television ratings were 31.6 rating. Now, I don't know how this next thing fits, but Ben Roethlisberger threw, let's see, threw an interception, and it was third and 16. But anyway, they had all this stuff, and the media was amazed about that. And they were wondering, you know, and, and uh, but, you know, I asked the Lord, Lord, would you do stuff like that? Would you do something like that? And uh, you know what I think? He would. And uh, he is. In fact, i got five things, and I'm going to share something out of the Scripture. But first, this is what came to me, Psalm 115. It says, why should the nations say, so where is your God? And you know, there's a lot of folks looking at church today and saying, okay, where is your God? And, uh, well, the answer is given in that verse. The next verse says, but our God is in heaven, and he does whatever he pleases. So that's the first thing, the reason that I think God could do something like that. He can do what He wants to. He does what He pleases. And the next thing 
you know, we've been hearing testimonies of Muslims. We might have some watching by web stream. I've got to figure out how to look this way and this way, and we'll figure all that out. But you may be watching today. But we've heard testimonies where the, the Lord has shown up in dreams and visions, you know, and, and just declaring that Jesus is the Lord. He's Messiah. And uh, I heard testimonies of entire villages. Now, if God can do stuff like that, can He not shout John 3.16 over the media to America? You bet He can do that, and He is doing that. In fact, I heard Billy Graham, when he just started, he was preaching in Los Angeles, and it was one of the first crusades, and I can't remember, was it for days, weeks, or months? But anyway, it went a long time, right? And Months. But anyway, the media... Out there, I guess the Los Angeles Times sent a telegraph, you know, the days of the telegraph. And in the telegraph, it said, Puff Graham, P-U-F-F. And they sent out that out across the nation to different media outlets. Now, what they were meaning was, promote Graham. And as a result of puffing Graham, you know, Billy Graham's ministry took off. And do you think God could puff John 3.16? And he's doing that. He really is. He wants the nation to know. In fact, last night, Focus on the Family had a commercial on John 3.16. I don't know what it costs, but Lord, just take care of it. And then the next thing is, John 3.16 is the ultimate good news. For God so loved America that He gave His only begotten Son. It's not only that He loves you, because Americans need to know that right now. But also, you're going to live forever if you put your trust in the One who loves you. And uh, regardless of what is going to happen, you'll live forever, eternal life. And then I wonder if it's not a word to the church to remind us, hey guys, your revelation, your great prophetic encounters, you know, it's all good. But don't forget your commission. Don't forget that Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. And it is for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And then the last thing is, I think it's just another sign that it's harvest time. Now, I don't know anything about Lady Gaga. You guys know who she is. I, I know very little about her. Does she know the Lord? Probably, I don't think she does. But anyway, she, I was amazed at the way the media responded. And I heard where she just was quoted as saying, you know, Tim Tebow, this guy is a champion. What she was really saying, he's got something that I want. And Lord, we pray she gets it really fast. And, and then this guy, Colin Hurd. You guys may not know who he is, but I know who he is. He's on ESPN radio, and he can speak 100 miles you know, a second. The guy just rattles out sports. And I was listening to him, and he was talking about Tebow. And he said, this guy, there's something different about him. And uh, it's his faith. He's got a real faith. He's got something we need. It's faith. And you know it's different in any way. And the media's talking about it, guys. And it's because God wants it talked about. And these are exciting times. How many of you are glad to be alive? In 2012, the Mayans said it's coming to an end. Now, life as we know it could be coming to an end. There are some changes. This is just a picture of changes that are to come. You know that. But also, regardless, we remember what Matthew 24 says, and that is there's a great harvest coming. Now, I, I, I want to I shift gears. Is that okay? You guys, I, I, you may have read this too, but it was a, a prophecy by Bobby Connor. How many of you read that prophecy? 
I, I want to look at it for just a moment. Is that okay if I do that? And then I want to share something out of the Scripture because um, I really believe I have a word. But let me just kind of read some of what Bobby said. Now, I know Bobby Connor. If, you, if there has ever been a day where you need to know those who labor among you, it is today. Okay, there are going to be many that come along with various messages. And if you know, the, you know one another after the Spirit, then you're going to be good. You'll be okay. We're not to know one another after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Much of the church, that's how we know one another after the flesh. But all that's going to change. And we have to know what the Spirit is saying. I, I know Bobby after the Spirit. This man, he has a proven track record. And I've known him for many, many years. He prophesied over our family, our son, and down in Mobile. And, you know, we've known him a long time. So he's got a good track record. And uh, so let me just share with you. He's had numerous encounters. And uh, just recently, in fact, January the 8th, he had an encounter with the Lord. The Lord instructed him to sound the alarm and awaken the warriors. And uh, it was a vivid prophetic dream. He said, as the dream began, he was transported to stand within the heavenly courts, and he heard this powerful voice saying, look and see. And uh, he wanted... Bobby to see what the Lord was doing or what was going on. He said it wasn't an invitation, but rather it was more of a command. The Lord said, look and see what's going on. And his attention was drawn to the second heaven. He said he saw this evil, wicked place where Satan, his, Satan's throne was, but he was watching what was going on from this place of perfect peace and protection. And he saw Satan forming an evil plot and plan to destroy untold millions of people. Now, first of all, is, is that something the enemy would do? He's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So that's obvious biblical. And he said the devil was giving orders to a principality in a wicked, cruel voice. And it's like uh, he, what he was declaring was the time has come. And Bobby said that it's like all of hell suddenly was buzzed with expectancy. And then he said the devil opened this chest, he removed a key, and he gave it to this wicked principality, and this principality inserted it into his belly and um, opened up something. He said when he inserted the key, a door was opened into the second heaven, and the principality began to spin around his head so fast, he said he quickly transformed into a living black cloud spinning like a tornado. And then he heard the Lord say that his mission is to release evil hordes upon humanity. And your mission is to stop him. Now think about this a moment. I mean, there are some judgments that are going to happen regardless. You know, the seals, the four horses... You know, the, what is it, the, uh, the white horse that comes to conquer, the fiery red horse that will come to take peace from the earth, war. I know that I know that I know, about two or three weeks ago, just something happened at the end, and I saw war horses forming in, in the heavens. And then there's the black horse, remember what that is? Famine, all right? And then the pale horse, and that's one quarter of the entire earth will die. So some of these things in, are going to happen. There's the trumpets and the bowls and all those things. There are other things. If God says you can stop it, we better rise up and stop it. 
You know what I'm talking about? We're to resist evil. We don't stand by and just say, okay, what will be, will be. I mean, if cancer strikes your family and you stand back and say, well, just what will, hey, it will be. And we rise up, right? We resist evil. Everybody know that. How many of you are a little bit tired of resisting evil? You know what I'm talking? Hey, let's just be real. Sometimes it's kind of, you know, we get weary. I mean, uh, the flesh does grow weary. The flesh is weak, but, but we're people of the Spirit. Well, let me go on now. He says, he was told to, to follow this evil spinning cloud. He went inside this cave, and he felt like he was in deep, the heart of the earth, and it was dark, and he was wearing these night vision goggles. And he said he could smell the smell of death. And its arrival, when he got into this deep cave, it's like there was a stir of excitement by untold numbers of demons uh, who seemed to be bound by some invisible force. And then the evil being raised the key, it's, uh, it was getting ready to release these demons of death. And suddenly a struggle began that was more violent than words can convey. The principality summoned demonic help. And Bobby said, I knew that I had to summon for heaven's help. And I began to pray loudly. Now, Carolyn, his wife, Bobby's having this prophetic dream and he begins to pray in the Spirit, and he starts saying, Jesus Christ, Son of David, have mercy. Jesus Christ, Son of David, have mercy. Carolyn, you know, wakes up and uh, begins to tell Bobby, or she hears what, what's going on. And in this dream, the Lord also spoke to Bobby to step into the light. Call upon heaven and step into the light. And the verse came to him, Psalm 119, that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And then, I mean, he says a little bit more, but in response to all this, he says, now's the time we've got to call upon heaven and step into the light, step into his word. And I want to do that this morning because there's stuff going on in the heavenlies. How many of you can sense stuff going on in the heavenlies? When I got here this morning, I thought, well, maybe, you know, the move, the transition, there seemed to be a restlessness. Other people were in great peace, but I, I sensed a restlessness. It's far more than our moving from there to here. There's stuff going on in the heavens. I mean, in the worship, there was a restless. You had to battle through a little bit. But um, so we need God's Word. And I'm really glad you came today because I get to share what the Lord gave me. Now, if you would, turn with me to Isaiah 33. And you know, after reading Bobby's Word, I was asking the Lord this week, Lord, it's getting serious. You, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm just being real. Uh, Shirley told me about this uh, report. She saw in Oklahoma where the voters, 70% of the voters of Oklahoma voted no in their state to Sharia law. One federal judge threw out the wants of 70% of Oklahomans and said, That's, you can't do that. You're going to have Sharia law. And there is a movement across the nation slowly inserting Sharia law into the land from the top of America down. And, you know, we hear about that. And I, I see stuff happening to our families. I see, you know, stuff going on in the church. There's been stuff going on around here, some things you may not be aware of. But I'm saying, God, all this stuff, demonic stuff, Lord, how are we going to do it? I mean, this is, uh, Lord, we, it, I can understand what Bobby was saying. We've got to call upon heaven and step into the light. 
because uh, this is a time unlike any other. And uh, i got to tell you this one thing before I read. This week I wanted to get away and be with the Lord. And I wanted a visitation from God. I wanted to go into the heavens. I hear these guys talk about them. I went to this place called Laurel Ridge. Maybe some of you have been there. It's the northern part of our county. And it's a Moravian conference center. Anybody know where that is? It's beautiful up there. You should go sometime. They have a... uh, a platform behind the conference center, you can see the entire Wilkes County from all the way to the east and most of the way to the west. You can see the lights of Winston-Salem. But anyway, I went to have this encounter with God, and I was fasting and praying, and I asked some people to pray for me. The first night, I built a fire. It's just a little bitty cottage in the woods on the mountain, and uh, I got in this chair and I did what sometimes I do when I go to read the Word and pray. I fell asleep. <laughs> I'm just telling I woke. It's like somebody then tapped me on the shoulder. And when I woke up, the entire cottage was filled with smoke. Thank God I woke up. It was the, there was something blocking, you know, the, the chimney there. And I didn't know. I mean, I, I figured it worked fine. It looked fine when I started the fire. So anyway, I, it's filled with smoke. And I said, maybe I should open the doors. This is... Uh, So thank God. Now, I don't know. Was that a visitation, Tony? Can you say? Whatever it was, God saved my life. The second night is that night, what was it? The storm came through. Now, if you think it was bad here, on top of that mountain, that little cottage was rocking and rattling and shaking and lightning and thunder. Lightning in the winter, January, on the mountain. And uh, it was a little scary in there, to be honest with you. I wanted Shirley. I said, where, where was she? I was, uh, she was nowhere to be found. I couldn't, couldn't text her. Cell phone wouldn't work. And anyway, I just, Lord, why did I come here? This, and anyway, it was rock rattling, shaking. And then the rain stopped because I could see the lights of the city. So I went up to this place behind the conference center, and uh, the clouds started rolling back, and the fog, and I could see the entire Wilkes County. And I just started praying everything I knew to pray. And I just felt like the Lord said, hey, the fog is going to clear. You're going to see the way if your eyes are on me. I'm going to make a way where there no one else. There'll be many people looking for the way. You have the way because you know the way, and you'll be able to share the way with them. They're going to come to you looking for answers. And so I was pretty excited about that. So I don't know, Tony, if that is a visitation. The first night I almost died. You guys would have read about me today. Pastor died, you know what I mean? No, that would have been, you'd probably have read about me a few days ago. But anyway, Isaiah 33, verse 6. Well, let's look in verse 5, and then I want to go back and read. It says, The Lord is exalted, for He dwells on high. How many of you can say amen to that? He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness, now this verse, I, sh- I, I just mentioned it a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, but I want to go into detail. It says, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times, and the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord, is His treasure. And that, that phrase, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. Now look back in verse 2, and... Uh, Just a little bit in context. It says, O Lord, 
be gracious to us. That means His kindness and His favor. You know, do you think maybe God likes Tim Tebow? Do you think maybe he's one of his favorites? He is. But guess what? You're one of his favorites. You are one of the favorites of the Lord. His favor, he'll never depart from you. And it's on you. It says, we've waited for you. That means we've had, we have an expectancy. And there is a growing expectancy in us. I'm looking for revival. And I'm contending for it. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to give up. Because I look at our nation and we are in a big mess unless God breaks through with a great spiritual awakening. And there are people all over the, this nation from sea to shining sea that are holding on to the horns of the altar. And they're saying, God, we know the only hope. It's not who wins the election. It's the elect of God that grabs hold of God. And anyway, our prayer meetings at the upper room up here, this upper room, on Thursday night have been heating up. They've been getting serious. Don't come unless the Holy Spirit says come. I mean that, I really, because we've got a small core group. We want others. You know, if the Holy Spirit pricks your heart, but we've been getting serious. I, I shared with you how we, uh, you know, we put the map of the county on the floor, and we get around, and we just start praying, bombarding streets and sections of the county, and there's an anointing. We're praying for people, for families to get saved. Uh, Thursday night, surely, my, something's been happening to my wife. It's been pretty good stuff. On fire stuff. She starts praying. She says, oh God, we pray for everybody that's supposed to die this week in Wilkes County. Or first you said this today. In Wilkes County, we grab them out of the pits. We pull them out of the fire. Everyone that's supposed to die, we pray, God, for a last-minute conversion. And then we change to the whole week. We, say, we said, God, everyone that's supposed to die in the next week, Lord, we pull them out of the fire. And we're going to do that every week. There was such an anointing on that. Listen, it's His will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Let's believe, God, that the whole county would be saved. I mean, what do we have in this county? Sixty-something thousand or so? That's still a long way from a million, isn't it? But it'd be a good start. But we've got to have faith, expectancy. Expect to see your God in this hour. There's no room for doubting. We're going to talk about that in a little bit too. But, but anyway, he says, Be their arm every morning, our salvation also in the time of trouble. That means tightness, adversary, adversity, affliction, distress, and tribulation. Anybody going through any of that stuff? The world is going, the nation is going through that stuff. And uh, there'll be more to come. Hey, somebody turn that one off. Or is that one way down there? That one's, that's all right. If that heater comes on, it's real loud. So that's not that one. It's the one way down. But he goes on. Let's go. He says, At the noise of the turmoil, the people shall flee. Now that, that spoke to me. There are two kinds of people that are going to be fleeing in fear in this hour. Do you know who they are? Now, first of all, the world. Because men's hearts, it says in Luke, they're going to fail them from fear of the things coming on the earth. Right? But in that same context, what does it tell us to do? Anybody know? It says, lift up your eyes. You know, don't look down. Lift up your eyes because your redemption draweth nigh. Your salvation. 
And so while some are being consumed with fear, you and I are going to be running to the Lord and we're going to find help, we're going to find grace in time of need. We're going to lift up our eyes and we're going to find the Lord. There's another group that's going to be fearing in the days to come. You know who that is. Let me show you. Look in verse 14. We're going to get back to verse 6 in a minute, but you've got to see this. Here's another group across America. They're sitting in churches today all across America that's going to start fearing. It says, the sinners in Zion. What's Zion? The household of God. The sinners in the household of God are afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. And then he goes on, he says, Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who is it that's going to be able to overcome? The Lord's going to come as a fire. Who is it that's going to be able to overcome and endure? Because the Lord's coming for overcomers. The book of Revelation is written to those who overcome. We don't have a choice. That's why He's been challenging you. That's why He's allowed you to go through stuff you would rather have avoided so that He would insert within us that anointing of an overcomer. Okay? We are overcomers in this life. We have to be convinced of it. And, um, but we are overcomers. We are more than conquerors. And when we go through stuff, we don't feel like it. We're not a people that live by f- our feelings. We're people that live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? Judgment. Well, here's the one who will be able to dwell in all of that and overcome. He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly. The tongue. Okay? He who despises the gain of oppressions, who gestures with his hands, refusing bribes, who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. Now, notice this. He will dwell on high. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. You may be living in a valley, but if you're in Christ Jesus and your eyes are on Him, you're dwelling in a high place, a place of safety and deliverance. Now, this is a really cool verse. You probably want to underline it. At the end, it says, Bread will be given Him. His water will be sure. Bread will be given Him. His water will be sure. I'm glad you're here this morning to hear that. You know that many of God's people, the Bible says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You know, you were here today. The Lord has promised that your bread will be given and your water will be sure. Okay? Now, it doesn't mean we don't make some preparations. Noah had to provide... I don't, but you know, I was thinking about Noah. He had to gather substance, food, for him and all the animals. Now, that had to be a pretty big challenge. But there's no way he could have provided enough for the whole journey. You know what I'm talking about? And every animal. But somehow, God had to multiply it, in other words. And I think he did. We do our part. But we trust the Lord. And the Lord's promise, bread will be given and His water will be sure. Now, I want to just focus on a moment. Um, verse 6. But before I do that, I, I want to pray something. 
Because regardless of what evil comes upon the earth, regardless of what degree of trouble we have to face as a nation because of our pride and stubbornness, you know, we're a nation inside of a nation. You know that, don't you? We're the people of God. We're under a different, different covenant. I thank God I've been, I was born in the United States of America, but eventually every kingdom of this world will be shaken so that one kingdom will arise. This is the year, they say, of the government. Well, what government is going to, be, is going to arise? The government of God. And that's, we're citizens of a different territory. We're pilgrims. He gave us, you know, a great, we were stewards in this land of freedom and liberty. And I thank God for that. But uh, we're really of a different, a different time zone. Some of you looking at me right now, aren't you? You're saying, but Ray, he's of a different time zone. But that's good. I want you to pray this with me, guys. I hope all this comes out. Are you able to hear me? Able to understand? Hey, just say, God has willed, say it, that I will be stable in days like these. I believe and confess that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but He's given me a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. God's perfect love casteth out all fear. I believe and confess. I have love. I have joy. I have peace. I have faith. I have long-suffering. I have gentleness, kindness, humbleness of mind. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is He who is in me than who is in this world. And I confess and believe in the name of the Lord and that He is a strong tower. And I will run unto Him and I will be safe. Me, my family, and all those around me that belong to Him. Now, let's look in verse 6. I just really felt we need to start confessing the Word. This is like stepping into the light. Hey, you guys start asking God for visitations. And if something happens you don't understand, hey, we have not because we ask not. I believe I had a visitation up in Laurel Ridge this week. Some of you can tell me a little bit more of what it meant. Maybe don't go to sleep, David, when, you know, when you're seeking the Lord. You know, stay awake. Maybe that's what you'll say. I don't know. But sometimes sleeping's not bad because then you get out of your own understanding and the Holy Spirit can speak to you and you can have dreams and visions. But anyway, look in verse 6. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. Now, the word stability means mental firmness. The, some of the synonyms of that are constant, constancy, steadiness, Solidity, that means solid. Remember that, the Chevrolet commercial, like a rock? Okay, we are to be like a rock in this time that God's called us to live on the earth. Okay? When everyone else is shaking, they should look at you and they should think of Chevrolet. Like a rock, you know. And, uh, but we're better than... That's, that, we have a much better covenant 
than the guys at Chevrolet. It also means permanence, immovability, immovable. There's something rising up in us that's... Anybody else sense that? It's an immovability. It's like, come whatever may be. I am not moving off of what I know God has said to me. How many of you... You know, and I know who He is. I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that He is able. And then it also means strength, fixed, firmness of character, purpose, or resolute. God's raising up a people in our nation that are resolute and the strength to stand. Have you ever felt like you couldn't hold on any longer? I read something this week from Spurgeon. And, it's, and, and here's what he said. He said, instead of fearing that you cannot hold on, fear holding on yourself and never look in that direction again. In other words, it's not about you're holding on to Him as much as it is His holding on to you. And can I tell you, God is able to hold on to you. We are kept not by our own ability. We're kept by the power of God Almighty through faith. If you feel like you cannot hold on, hold on, good. There's a bunch of folks around you that feel the same way. But your God is there. He's holding on. He will not let go of you. In whatever happens in the days to come, He's holding on to you. You got it? You're going to remember that. Now there's a whole bunch of Scriptures. Aren't you glad you remembered or you memorized a lot of Scripture and you've hidden it in your heart? Aren't you glad that over the years you learned the Word? Men's opinions are going to come and go. The Word of our God will last forever. And the greatest of men will stumble and fall. They're just flesh and blood. You know, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of our Lord. And there are two things that, that we need for stability in these times, and the first one is wisdom. Now look with me over in James. You guys with me, um, I really want, I want you to get this. When I know, when I feel like the Lord's giving me stuff, I really want folks to get it. I, I want to go shout it somewhere. I wish, I, you know, I want everybody to know that God will supply your bread and your water. You know, your water will be safe. Now, you may have to stand on the Word when some of the trials come. In fact, you will have to stand on the Word. What if you didn't know that was there? What if you didn't know the Word says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread? What if you'd never heard that and a famine breaks out across the land? But what if you have heard that and it's in your heart? Whoa. You, you see what I'm saying? Now, some of you may have not been as faithful. Some of you are thinking, uh-oh, I wasn't as faithful to memorize and get the Word in my heart like I should have been. You've got a God that's able. Okay? In fact, there's grace. There is grace. You may start remembering scriptures you never memorized, but you heard, and the Holy it was planted somewhere deep inside, and the moment you need it, the Holy Spirit will bring it out. I don't know how all this is going to happen. I just know that these are the times we waited for, and ready or not, they're here. And I'm excited. And we got folks like Jerry and Lynn that go through stuff, and now they have a testimony. He needs to share that here next week, maybe, if you want to. But, uh, hey, we need people that go through stuff to stand up and say, here's, hey, here's what we learned, guys. 
This is what our God did for us. And guess what? He's no respecter of persons. And He'll do it for you. Now, James chapter 1, verse 5. We need wisdom. Say, I need wisdom. I'm telling you, that's an understatement. We don't know what that means. You know what I'm saying. We really need wisdom. We really need wisdom. Okay, if anyone lacks, what is he supposed to do? Let him ask. Ask who? Ask God. You know, and, and then what will God do? He'll, will He refuse? He says, who gives to the spiritual elite? No, to who? To all, how much? Liberally. Do you know God was a liberal? No, He's not. He's not a liberal. Forget that. That's not even funny. He's... But He will give liberally. Liberal used to mean that. You know, you, were, you gave liberally and, and such. means a little different now. But And without reproach, and it will be given to, to me, to Him. Say to me. Anybody need that kind of wisdom? Okay, I don't know. Maybe you're going through stuff. Ask of God. Now, God said this. I didn't say it. Ask if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all, anyone, liberally and without reproach. But let him ask in faith. And, uh, you know, faith is a substance of things hoped for. You hope the evidence of things that you don't see. You may not see the evidence, but you hope and you know that you have it. It's like a title deed. And... Um, You've got it. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. But let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. Now, there are four types of wisdom. Anybody know what they are? Shout them out. Anybody know what the four types of wisdom are? Come on, guys. Huh? That's close. That's close. Well, let's just look in the Bible. All right, James chapter 3, verse 13. There's four types of wisdom that are on the earth right now. We've got to recognize these. Okay, the first one, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Okay, who is it that really has wisdom out there in the halls of Congress, you know, or in the Supreme Court, or in our neighborhood, or the churches, wherever? Who is it that has real wisdom? Well, we've got to see the works. We've got to see His works. Fruit. All right. Now look in verse uh, 14. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. Now, here, here they are, verse 15. The, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. So what are the, what's the first type of wisdom? Earthly. That's the world's wisdom that is at odds with God's wisdom. That's the wisdom that looks at the wisdom of God and says that's foolishness, right? But really, it's the opposite. It's the other way around. And it's also the wisdom that is passing away. You know, the worldly wisdom, and uh, it's just passing away. It's not working anymore, is it? Earthly 
wisdom, worldly wisdom, and it's the Lord's doing because He wants to convince the earth, hey, you cannot figure it out. You don't have the answers, no matter what you come up with. And then the, sec the second one is sensual or man's wisdom. The first is the world. The second is the flesh. That's carnal understanding. That's right up here. You know, the, in this cavity. What do they call this? The carnal cap, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I messed it up. But whatever it is, it's up in here. And you know, we're not to trust in our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge Him. God's ways are always higher. Man's wisdom comes from himself. Often comes from the heart. The heart is deceitful above all. Who can know it? And so there's the fleshly wisdom, the world and the flesh. Have you noticed that men really don't know what to do? Have you noticed the best of men, leaders, world leaders? That's why they're going to start looking to the church. Because there's another kind. But we have to cover one more kind of wisdom before we get to the greatest or the highest. And that is demonic wisdom. I wonder if there's any demonic wisdom going on today. I wonder how we will recognize it when it's speaking to us. Or it's giving its opinion. How do we do that? Well, uh, over in Revelation, we'll come back to James but look over in Revelation chapter 2 and uh, verse 12 and verse uh, 13. I'm going to show you something that it says, And to the angel of the church of Pergamos write, These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name. And you did not deny my faith even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan's throne dwells. And so one thing you can understand, wherever the people of God are under assault, that's where Satan's throne dwells. That's where Satan's wisdom is. Antipas was put to death. Do you know how there will be a time when there will be those who will kill us thinking they've done God a favor? Now there is for the first time... Or maybe not the first time. I've only been here a few short years on the earth. But there is now on the earth a particular movement that could kill you and me and think they have done their deity a favor. But also, I wonder if that goes on in the household of God. Because you can kill somebody in different ways than just with your hand. You kill them with your mouth. And when you see the servants of God under assault being martyred, you know that's where Satan's throne is, and that's where there's demonic wisdom. Now, another way we can find this out is Satan, the name of Satan, the different Hebrew meanings. There are two different Hebrew words for the spellings of Satan. I wonder if he doesn't like me talking about this. Who gives a rip? Maybe that's why I felt a little intense, you know what I mean. We should be pulling the cover off of his devices. And, uh, but anyway, the first uh, Hebrew word means slander. When you hear slander, it's the wisdom that is demonic. It's where Satan's throne is. All right? Also, it means slanderer, accuser. Now, most of us knew that. 
the accuser of the brethren. When you hear the accuser of the brethren, guess whose wisdom that is? It's demonic. Okay, it's where Satan's throne is. It also means adversary, archenemy, foe, devil, evil one, and hinderer. You see, the Holy Spirit is not the hinderer. The enemy hinders. Now, there are times when the Holy Spirit may throw up a block because he doesn't want you to go the wrong way. We find that in Scripture. But his way is the way of peace. Now, the verb form of Satan means to hate. When you say hatred, that's demonic wisdom. Denounce, condemn. You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't condemn, does he? What does he do? He convicts the world. Condemnation, the enemy comes to condemn. That's demonic wisdom. That's not heavenly wisdom. And it also means to speak against. And so, when you hear words spoken against, God's people are God's purposes. That is where Satan's throne dwells. It is demonic wisdom. And uh, now there's the worldly wisdom, the fleshly wisdom, demonic wisdom. What's the last type of wisdom? From above. Guys, this is what we've got to hang on to. We've got to have our ears trained to hear and discern quickly. Wait a minute. That's fleshly wisdom. That's man's wisdom. That's worldly wisdom. That's definitely demonic wisdom. I need heavenly. That's from above. And how do you know wisdom from above? Is there a way we can know that? Well, there is. Look over in James Verse uh, 17 and verse 18. Here's heavenly wisdom. But the wisdom that is from above, here's how you define it. First, it's pure. All right, it's pure. There's a purity about heavenly wisdom. And you can sense that. The opposite of pure is defilement. You know, there's, if you hear something and it causes you to feel defiled within, there's a good chance it's probably demonic or worldly or earthly or fleshly. But if it, calls, it brings a purity, then it's from above. Then peaceable. Now the word peaceable, if you look at it, it means peace between men to men and man to God. Okay, the, the wisdom that is from above will bring men together with other believers. Believers to believers. But that which is the opposite will bring believers apart. It brings separation, division. It's that voice. Does this all make sense? And then gentle. Jesus was the most gentle man that ever walked the face of the earth. He was bold, but there was a gentleness about him. There's no harshness. If there's a harshness and a rudeness, that's the other wisdom. Then willing to yield. Now that, that really means a lot, willing to yield. That's a pretty good thing. Willing to listen. You know, willing to, to give in and, and reason one to an, with another. That is the wisdom from above, full of mercy and good fruit. You'll know them by their fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And there's that word again, peace between men and peace between God. I hope all this makes sense. I hope it just didn't, one of those moments where you all of a sudden were in the mountains somewhere thinking of something else. Because I'm going to ask God to give us this kind of wisdom. But first we have to look at the last thing. And that wasn't the only thing that was said. What will be the stability of your times? What will enable you to stand to the end, be firm, be rock solid, 
you know, have that confidence, that consistency, wisdom, a heavenly wisdom, and knowledge. Now, what does knowledge mean? Well, it's not necessarily that you're always going to know what to do. That's not it. There will be a lot of times you will not know what to do. I can promise you, you can ask Jenny, there's a lot today we didn't really know what to do. You know, Lord, what do we do here? I mean, we, we know we're supposed to worship. We know we're supposed to share the word. We know we're supposed to draw close to you, call on you, all that stuff. But, hey, these are days, what do we know what to do? What if you lose your job? It doesn't mean you may not know what to do, but you know the one who does know what to do. And you, like Bobby, we call on heaven and we step in the light. It's the knowledge of Him that will enable us to be the most stable people on the face of the earth. It's not that we have all the answers. Your neighbors will come to you and they'll say, what do we do? You know what the best thing you will be able to say to them? I don't know what to do, but let's get on our knees and let's ask God if He knows what to do. And He's the one who said, ask of me and I will give to you, liberally and without reproach. Now, you know, when people like Bobby have these visitations, I, I, you know, you hear prophecies all your life. Some prophecies, I wondered, were they from, was it, Heavenly wisdom, or you know what I mean? What wisdom did that come from, Lord? And that's why it says where there are prophecies, they will fail, or they'll cease. When the perfect has come. And I was thinking about that. Hey, guess what? The perfect is here. His name is Jesus. My faith is not in prophecy. My faith is in the perfect Son of the living God. Now, prophecy is like a tool, helps us maneuver and guide through some of these storms. I would have never been here without the prophetic. So we appreciate the prophetic. We're not going to lift it up above the one who the prophetic is of. Jesus is the prophet. And it is sin when you elevate the prophetic gift above where the gift comes from, the Lord Jesus, right? So we know that. And I think we've, I think we've got above that. I really do. We're not, we, you know, hey, it's no big deal, but I'm telling you, this is a different time. The clock, there's something that's turned, and it's been now for in the last year or so. It's time to be the most solid people on the face of the earth and walk in supernatural wisdom. God's going to start giving guys and gals thoughts that come straight from the throne. In fact, I can see right now there's a big treasure chest in the heavens and it's labeled God's ideas for man. And the Lord's opening that treasure chest and men and women on the earth in times like this are going to wonder what to do and they're going to call on their God and it will be a wonder, a sign and a wonder to the world what God has done. And uh, so I just... We want to ask God to release some of that from that treasure chest, okay? Now, again, you know, what I just saw, was that, Lord, was that heavenly? Was it, you know, where did it come from? Sounds like it, if it bears witness with the Word and bears witness with you and the Holy Ghost, let's go for it. We need it. 
How many of you need wisdom? So we're going to pray for it. Because I don't, I'm telling you, this is not the scariest time to be alive on the earth. It's the greatest time. Now it is the scariest time if you're a sinner in the household of God. It is frightening. Can you imagine being a wayward, carnal, backslidden Christian in this day and hour? I don't want to imagine that. That's why I know uh, she was praying, Lord, keep our hearts on fire, Lord. Guard our hearts. But anyway, if you need wisdom, I want you to stand, and we're going to pray that God will release a new level of supernatural wisdom and understanding. And uh, is everybody okay? You're not afraid, are you? Nobody's afraid. The hordes of hell are being released. So what's new? They're released every Monday morning when you wake up, right? You have to go and get the game plan and spend time with God and get the Word in your heart and choose to overcome. You know, I mean, it's so what's new? Well, Lord, we just pray. Hey, just um, put your hand on your heart. And first, if there's someone watching by web stream or if you're here without Jesus and you do not know that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He is wisdom. It begins with Him. And just ask Him right now. Say, Lord, come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me and save me. I'm a sinner, but You died for my sin. And I receive by faith salvation. The Bible says that all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you can be saved right now. This is the day. And Lord, I pray for everyone in this room. I thank You for leading them here. And Lord, I just pray that, that You would release a fresh anointing for wisdom. Lord, we, You said if anyone lacks, let him ask of God. And I thank You for the treasure chest in heaven that says God's ideas for man. And Lord, we just right now we take the key, the key of David... We open it up by faith. But Lord, we thank You. You already assigned an angel to open it. But we open it by faith and we receive the wisdom that we need for this hour. Lord, we release wisdom for finances, wisdom for opportunities, wisdom to know what to do when we don't know what to do. Wisdom. Heavenly wisdom. Lord, we break off our minds all earthly wisdom, worldly wisdom, flesh, man's wisdom, our own ideas, our own thoughts. We break off any demonic wisdom, any influence of the enemy, every lie, every scheme, every work of darkness, every thought that was opposed to the knowledge of God. Right now we break it off of everyone in this room and watching by web stream. We renounce every opinion, idea from the enemy. We break it off. In Jesus' name, and we ask God for release of heaven's orders, heaven's directions. Lord, I pray right now for visitations for everyone in this room. Lord, I pray for an advancement in visitations from heaven. Lord, I ask You that many would be caught up and see the Lord and see the plans for this hour. We declare that and we thank You. 
Lord, we release that. We release strategy for prayer. Strategy for evangelism. Strategy for revival in this hour. And we thank you, Lord. Loose it in us, our children, our families. And Lord, I thank you that our bread and our water will be sure. And I thank you for wisdom and knowing what to do as we too are like Noah. For the Son of Man will come as in the days of Noah. And Noah had to prepare. He built the ark. And I thank you for individual wisdom, strategy, dreams. I just saw right now there's someone, and the Lord's going to start, it's like a big chalkboard. And in your dreams, He's going to start writing out some things you're supposed to do. Okay? When He does that, make sure you have, most of everybody should have this, but if you don't, make sure you got paper by your bedstand, okay? By your nightlight. A paper and pen. And when you wake up, write those things down. Okay? He's going to write them across some ideas. And some of you, things will pop in your mind. You'll say, oh, that couldn't be God. Hey, trust that God does speak. I mean, just say, God, which is that? From the enemy or you? And he'll tell you. Okay, he'll give you the peace because the wisdom of God is peaceable. He brings peace. Amen? I hope that was okay. <laughs> this is a different time for ministry. I'm t I wish I could tell you more stuff. And, and, you know, we're family. I can tell you some things I need to be wise. There's all kinds of warfare going on. How many of you are in some battles right now? Look around you. You're not alone. You're especially not alone. Because He is with you. He's in you. And this is the greatest time. Okay. Hey, our prayer teams, ministry teams, could you guys come on up? Next week, we'll uh, have some of the bugs worked out. Of, but I pay, give Todd a hand. And these guys, I appreciate so much. Chris and, and Michael. And a lot of guys are just really putting in time. This is exciting. We're going to be here for a number of weeks. And then, Lord willing, we'll go over there. I wondered if we might ju not just move back over there at some point. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? All I know is we're following him. We're following the Lamb wherever He goes. God can interrupt things. So anyway, we don't have any music that the Holy Spirit and angels sing. So if you need ministry, you need just somebody to pray with you, we're here. If not, God bless you guys. Get ready. Next week's going to be up even a higher level. Amen.